Jordan, open. Chicago with the lead. Bryant to shot. Not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. LeBron James with no record for human life. And he's going to G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys NBA podcast, the trade deadline special edition. Uh, you can find us on Ball Boys NBA on Twitter, and I'm joined as always with my co-host Callum Mack. How you doing, mate? Pretty good, man. We got some trades to talk about, so let's go. We got some trades. We got some uh, some deals, some some potential buyouts, some non-trades. Lots of things happening. Um, so it's an exciting time of the NBA. We're going to go through it in uh, NBA reaction and what we think um, happens for the teams contending, teams rebuilding, and also from a fantasy stake point of view and, and who's big, the biggest winners and who's the biggest losers in today's pod. So that'll be in the second half of the podcast today. Um, but just before we get into team specifics, uh, overall thoughts on the, uh, the trade deadline? Um, it's been pretty interesting. There's a few teams that went all into it. And there's, there's definitely a lot of teams that have gone full tank mode. So yep. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into it probably um, to, to start up. But yeah, there's a few teams that have initiated the old let's get picks and get rid of all our good players. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely. You can definitely tell who those teams are. My, my biggest takeaway, and this is the biggest takeaway from the trade deadline, is Gary's and juniors <laughs> seem to all be on the, on the trading block. Every Gary in the NBA was traded today. Did you know that? Every single Gary, and I feel like all the, the nearly or nearly all the juniors got traded with you know Otto Porter Jr., Gary Trent Jr., all these all these Gary got Trent. That's a double Gary Trent yeah. Jr. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, we got the double Gary and the Trent. So um, yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, but let's let's get stuck into it. We're not going to waste any more time because there's a lot to get through. We're going to start right at the top, probably the biggest deal, which was done sort of earlier in the trade deadline day, and that was that the Chicago Bulls will run through basically their ads overall and their losses overall, uh, and, and discuss what we think of these moves and, and, and go from there. So obviously Chicago, they've added Nikola Vucevic, they've added Alpha Rukaminu, Troy Brown Jr., Daniel Tice. And they've obviously lost Wendell Carter Jr., Otto Porter Jr., Daniel Gafford, Chandler Hutchinson, Luke Cornett, two first-round picks this year and then 2023. So a couple of first-rounders. Basically, the only real main pieces there are uh, Wendell Carter Jr. and Otto Porter Jr. in the losses. But the big ad here, Cal, is, um, is Nik- Nikola Vucevic is going to the Chicago Bulls. So I'll get your take on, on what do you think this does for Chicago moving forward. It also, I'll mention it, that there's also those two first round picks that was thrown into yeah. the Vucevic yep. Aminu. So there's a bit of good kind of long-term assets there. Um, but it, it's good to see. I'm pretty happy to see it. They, they kind of went all in um, on what they have right now. They've got, they've got Zach Levine, who's a good yeah. kind of, he's one of those guys who he, he, can, he can play with the best of them in terms of in the clutch and when it comes down to, you know, fourth quarters. Obviously not like a two-way player um, per se, but... He, he can get you a bucket, and that's what matters. So you got yep. him and Voose now. So you got two walking buckets on the court. So they'll be competitive. Shout out to Jermaine Tucker Portolo, one of our co-hosts, who forecasted 
the Bulls to be in the sixth seed. And um, with yeah. this addition, I, I think he's looking pretty damn good. So I, wow. I think you can really yeah. lock them into the playoffs. I, I could probably see them creak up to a, probably a fifth seed would be my forecast for them with the current roster. Yeah, well, look, they're, they're sitting 10th right now. So they, they've got some work to do. And they have traded out some um, some pieces in Wendell Card Jr., who I really like. Um, and obviously is a, a defensive player compared to Vucevic, who's not a bad defender, but not known for his defense. And he's definitely more of an offensive positive. Um, I definitely think it's an upgrade. I think that they obviously, they're moving their chips in the middle. They think they've got the talent to sort of make the playoffs, maybe even make some noise. Um, it does seem, I don't know. I feel like I wasn't expecting Chicago to be the team that landed Vucevic. I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> I thought there were, there were more teams that probably had a higher ceiling than, than these guys. Uh, but hey, I think it's, I think it's a ballsy move. Um, I think Vucevic is a very talented player. I'm finally glad to see him out of Orlando. I think he's been sort of wasting away over there uh, for a long time. Um, so let's let's see how he looks in a new team. You said, when did you say the fifth seed? You think they're going to get as high too? Well, it's also close in the East there. So it's very close. Yeah. I think right now the Hornets are at the four, and they're only one game yep. ahead of the six and the seven, which is. I think yeah. the heater in there and, and someone else is thrown in. But it, it's very close. Yeah. It's only like maybe three yeah. games back or something. So they could definitely yeah. do it. They got, they got the offensive ta- talent. I think they got a, a pretty good coach um, this yeah, year it's, anyway. It's very, it's very tight between those sort of um, the fourth seed all the way down. I would even include the Raptors down at 11. Um, you know, there's only sort of four or five games separating those teams in the win column. So I can see them pushing up above. Uh, it's, it's so convoluted there, but... Um, yeah, I could see I could see them making the play-in tournament at least. Yeah, but it's it's tough to see how they're going to get through there. I, I still don't believe in the Knicks so much. You know, Charlotte Hornets with the loss of Lamelo Ball, I can see them dropping down a little bit. But you know, the Boston Celtics. You know, we'll talk about them a bit later. They they might sort of you know, they've got some healthy pieces back there. Might start to push back up. Indiana Pacers started the season really hot, but have started falling recently. Well, they, so they got Karis Levert now. So I, I think yeah. they should probably be on the way up as well. Yeah, I'm thinking Toronto, they're, I don't know, they're, they're seeming to wave the white flag. They might sort of fade a bit to the end of the season. So, And Miami, obviously, are making some moves we'll talk about later. So it, it is still competitive in the East. I think a fifth seed is, is a bold prediction. Um, but I think that they, in, when it's all said and done, they'll be in the playoffs. And if whether it's through the play-in tournament or they just make, you know, the top six seeds, I think that they will they will be in the eight teams that make the actual playoffs um, at the end. Um, it is my prediction. I probably won't go as high as, as you were saying fifth or sixth. And you know, maybe Jermaine was the the foreseer and, and is going to nail this. <laughs> he did predict them to to take over the the Nets, which definitely probably won't happen. Um, but you know, he, he was had a bit more foresight on the on the balls than, than we did um, as as it stands right now. So they're definitely in the mix. What do you think about them sort of giving up players like uh, Wendell Carter? Did they, do you think they overpaid for Vucevic? Yeah, that, that's a good question. That's where I was going to go next. If they they got the you know the dollar to the coin essentially trade to assets. So I think they've. Yeah. I think Orlando have done pretty well in terms of. If you, if you look at it, you know, ages back, you had Dwight Howard, who was traded, who essentially landed Vucevic. And mm. what did the Magic get out of it? They got a, a couple, maybe, I think they had three playoff series. Um, Vucevic is now the league, the, the, sorry, not the league, but the Magic leader in points. He's got um, 
over 4,000 yep. points. So he, he leads that franchise, which um, can be a positive from one angle. He's never really played with an all-star. Um, I think I, that's not true. The, the one year he did play with an all-star was um, when he played with Igadawa when he was a, a rookie. So oh, okay, there you go. And now, yeah, look, he's a rookie, so he's he doesn't play with really any great talent when he was in his prime. Yeah. So I like to think now he's surrounded by a few more talented players um, that yeah. he could lift the team up a bit more because he's not really a number one option. He's more the two or three, and I think yeah. with Zach, with that defined one role, um, I think look, defense will be an issue with Chicago now. Yeah, but um, yeah. Aminu can guard some forwards so he's a, a, a reasonable asset i understand you've Randall got Thaddeus Carter. young there yeah exactly and 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 patrick um williams as well the rookie like he's decent yeah know, that, that guy can guard some some people so they're not going to be yeah, a, a total throw on that side so there's some yeah. upside I, i'm yeah i'm hopeful in this team uh, look i think i think yeah i agree with you i think orlando uh, and we'll talk about them a little bit later in more detail but um, I think that this is good value for Vucevic. You know, getting those. You know, uh, Chicago obviously gave up two first round picks as well as some some young assets in Wendell Carter Jr., who I still believe in. Um, and so I, I think that you know that's a good haul for a player like Vucevic, who's still got you know three years this year and then two uh, subsequent years on his contract um, at over sort of twenty two million a year each year. So. Um, on the Bulls side, I think I mean it's not a horrible contract. Definitely for someone of his talent, I think going into the into the Bulls, he's going to be their easily their second best player uh, ahead of Larry Malkinen, obviously behind a uh, player like Zach Levine. Uh, so I think he's second in the pecking order, and then Larry Malkinen will, will be third. Um, and I think in terms of talent wise, you've definitely improved the the the, the trade so the team there. But you know whether this puts them into the the point of where they're a contender. In the next few years, I have my doubts. I think they, you know, maybe at best they win a playoff series. You know, very top ceiling if Levine just goes that next level, they could get to a conference finals. But I don't see that happening. It's definitely more unlikely than likely. So, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. It's, I see them as a second round team, would be my yeah, forecast. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so that, you know, that's the best more, case scenario. Yeah. And that's, and that's probably not even this season. That might just be next season when, when everyone's a bit more mature and, and you sort of, you, you get Kobe White playing a bit better. Maybe you address the point guard situation in the off season or something like that. But yeah, I, it, it doesn't tremendously excite me. I'm a bit disappointed that the boosters didn't come to my Celtics, but um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think it's, it's a fair deal for both sides. Um, I just sort of questioning where does Chicago actually think that they're going to be? And I still think that they're not quite at that level where they can contend for a, a championship yet. They, they still need more moves. And I think this sort of almost you know, ties them down a bit financially um, to be able to make those moves. But I guess, you know, they're taking a swing, which you can't, you can't blame them for. Let's, let's flip over to the other side of the, this, this big trade of the day and discuss a few more trades. Um, Orlando, they've cleared shop. We've talked about players and teams that are tanking. Tanking. Clearly, that's them. Uh, what are your thoughts on what Orlando were doing? Well, they, they've got a clear direction now, don't they? So it's going to lose more games, um, get some young assets. Otto yeah. Porter Jr., who they acquired, he is definitely on buyout. Watch, he's got a big contract, yeah. but there's no point with them really, unless they decide to maybe play him to get some value to trade. Is a scenario I, I could see, but he's been yeah. had some pretty bad injuries in in the past years. Yeah. I could definitely see that being bought out. They got RJ Hampton who um, they could have selected 
if they didn't take Mo Bamba many years ago in in the draft. Um, <laughs> they could uh, talking about Mo Bamba. Maybe they he could actually get minutes now that Vuce is gone. I'm not a huge fan from what I've seen, but yeah, at least the directions there, and they've got the first round picks. I don't think the pick this year from Boston will be great because as I'm forecasting, they'll be a playoff team. So it'll be in yeah. the late, it's not going to be a lottery pick is, is what I'm thinking, but the 2023 also, the, uh, pick could be okay. You don't know what's going to happen there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so the Boston, the Boston gave up two second round picks um, is what they've added, but they've also added a first round pick from Denver Nuggets in 2025. They've also grabbed two first round picks from Chicago Bulls one this year, which is top four protected. So you should think that they would get that. Um, and the 2023 pick, which you discussed as well. So that's from Chicago also. Um, so that would be, what would that be? The last year of Vucevic being with that team on the current sort of um, trajectory. So I, I would have a guess that there'd still be a playoff team by then. You know, maybe like down the, towards the bottom. So you're going to get a pick in the teens there, I believe. Um, so yeah, some solid some solid assets. I like the addition of Wendell Carter. Uh, I feel like he has been horribly used at Chicago, and I feel like, and we'll talk about fantasy later. But this guy here is clearly the biggest winner in terms of his value as a player moving forward because I think we're going to finally get to see how good Wendell Carter Jr. can be when he's given the keys to the car, and he's going to be, you know. We can see his defense being played in a different system and, and in a team that sort of believes in him, being the fact that they went and got him. But like you said, I think, you know, Otto Porter Jr., Gary Harris, Jeff Teague, which they got from the Boston Celtics, you know, these players I don't expect to play too much, at least down the stretch, maybe a little bit in, in the beginning. But if you look at their roster, they are awful. I, like, <laughs> I don't know who's going to be on their starting five, but it's, it is right up there with the worst in the league. Um, they're currently sitting um, 27th in the league. So at the moment, if everything just fell where it would, they'd be getting the fourth pick in the draft. Um, you know, you've got Minnesota, Houston, and Detroit beating them out for the lottery, the, the tankathon. Um, so, you know, <laughs> and they're competing with Washington as well, who are on the same win total as well. So I think that they'll definitely get at least the fourth pick. And it's really if you can get to that bottom three that they all have equal odds now at that number one pick. So if you can just get you know, ahead of maybe a Houston or a Detroit to get to that bottom three, you've got a, as good a chance as anyone to get the number one pick. So I think that's exactly where they need to go. They, need, they probably need to do this three or four years ago, really. They've been stuck in no man's land. Um, but I like their future. I like their future with Jonathan Isaac paired with Wendell Carter. That's an excellent front court. Um, Isaac can finally play the four now that Aaron Gordon's not there. Um, so I like their direction in terms of moving into the youth movement and tanking from there. Um, yeah, I think we maybe we'll touch on Aaron Gordon a bit more. They yeah, they probably sold him. They probably got in a little bit more for him. I think they did well on the Vucevic trade, but overall the Gordon trade probably you think undersold. I'm actually excited to see him at, at the Nuggets, which I guess we'll touch on a bit later, but. Uh, at least he's going somewhere, which I think is a good fit for him. So, so that's yeah. definitely a win. See, I, I've, I've never been a fan of Aaron Gordon. I think he's a shit player. Um, so the fact that they got a first-round pick for him, I, was, I thought that was good value, really. Uh, I know it's the Nuggets pick, and it's probably not going to be great, but it's 2025. Um, you know, so who knows what's going to happen in 2025. It's, it's one of those longer picks. I'm not sure if there's any protections on it, but I don't know. What, what, what more would you really want for Aaron Gordon? 
He's, he's shown some upside. He's obviously, there's been times on that team where, you know, maybe he has taken over, like, oh, yeah, I'm the one, number one option. Um, I guess Vucevic probably was, but he's, he's not that guy, obviously. I think he, nah. for him to be in a successful team, he needs to be kind of like the number four. And, um, and also he yeah. needs to kind of unlock his defensive upside, which I think yeah. he can do in Denver. So I, I think it's a good fit for him. He, he could do a similar role to what Grant um was doing back obviously before he went to detroit yeah so i think it's a good fit he can he can obviously cut really well i, I think we could see some good dunks from him with that yeah. team so i, I think oh, he's landed in a great spot i'm excited to see him play alongside like a player like uh nikola Jokic, who's gonna sort of throw him some lobs and you know you get some backdoor cuts and things like that so i think it'll be fun and i think it's it's a good acquisition for um denver who have, who have sort of you know, Gary Harris wasn't really playing for them. He's sort of forgotten how to shoot, basically. RJ Hampton's obviously not in their timeline. Um, I think RJ Hampton's an interesting one. He's a young player. Um, so he, he could, you know, we'll get a bit, bit more of an opportunity to see what he's about. The New Zealand breaker who, who played down here uh, in the uh, the NBL. So he, he's got some athletic upside. So we're obviously going to get a look at him down the stretch in Orlando. But, yeah, look, I think it's... It's, it's definitely what Orlando needed to do, and I'm glad that they finally pulled the trigger because, yeah, they were going nowhere and they were stuck in a bit of no man's land. So excited for the future in Orlando moving forward. Let's move on to the, um, the next team that we're going to discuss today. Uh, another big addition. It's your team, well, your, your adopted team, the <laughs> Miami Heat. They've obviously added Victor Oladipo is the big name, and they've also added in uh, Nemanja Bielitsa as their additions, and they've lost Mo Harkless, Chris Sylvia, Avery Bradley, Kelly Olenek, and there's also a pick swap in there for, um, I believe, that was for the Houston Rockets. So um, what are your thoughts on what Miami was uh, able to do in, in acquiring Victor Oladipo mostly? Uh, I'm, I'm going to try and not say the two words, heat culture, too much here. <laughs> but um, Victor Oladipo, heat culture. I think that'll change it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's a great fit. He, he, like, the Heat have always kind of done pretty well and excelled, especially in that system by Spo, just of like a guard who um, kind of like can do it all, you know, pass, shoot, bit of everything, aggressive. That's yeah. obviously what Jimmy Butler is. And that's what Josh Richardson was, where he had his career year before yeah. he got traded away and it's become nothing. So I'm, I'm hopeful um, in what the Heat culture can can bring Oladipo, uh, and then you got Bielitsa as well. is is a pretty good addition. I think he can come off the bench, hit some threes. He's obviously yeah. defensively limited, but he he can slot in and play a similar role to what Kelly was playing. Kelly was playing good minutes though, so that, that yeah, is a he loss. Was. He was playing, especially over the past month. He was like yeah. you know one of the we're talking fantasy. I think it was what number four and number. Number five in terms of yeah, the yeah. Past he had a stretch there where he's put up numbers. Um, now we should also mention here. I mean, we won't go too much in depth in terms of buyouts because nothing's solid yet. But there is some heavy rumors that uh, Lamarcus Aldridge is linked to the Miami Heat. Uh, once he's like, I think he has been bought out uh, by the Spurs. Obviously, he wasn't traded, so that could be something that they're going to plug into that power forward hole. I don't know how much they're going to play Bam and and him together, but at least he is a body that they could. Or an option if they want to go big or if they want to go small, they can, you know, have a player like Duncan Robertson play the four or something like that. And Berlitzia, who can stretch the floor as well. So yeah. it gives them versatility. Um, 
So, I don't, yeah, I don't think it's a huge loss of Linux to Belitsa, and it's a good price to pay to get all deeper win there. And I think you're right. Like, he's, he's a sort of, he's the perfect Miami Heat player, like that defensive athletic guard who's had a bit of a rough stretch, and I think that Miami reckons they can turn him around and, and get him going. Um, it's actually the fifth team Oladipo has been on in the last eight years. So he's, he's moved around a fair bit, Victor. Um, but yeah, I think this is going to be a good landing spot for him. What, what are you expecting out of Miami now that they've made these moves? Well, I, I think they're more of a contender. In terms of short term, they've yeah. done better. There, there was that pick that went, which is just like a pick swap rights. Yeah, which I don't nothing. think is going to make a huge difference. So in terms of what they spent to get Victor, they've done pretty well because um, Avery Bradley yeah. wasn't really give, contributing much to their... They got um, him for basically nothing, like really. I mean, because they already had the elites added to the team, you know, that's the yeah. replacement for Kelly Olenek. So that you've literally just got him for nothing. So I think it's a great... You paid very, very little there. Yeah, like it was really just Kelly that was in. And then obviously the swap rights to the draft, but yeah, and then it was Avery. But Avery Bradley is not really contributing much to his team. So you got no, rid of Kelly. he's barely even the roster. So I think what really happened was um, sometimes it's really hard to move players on, on big deals. And Victor's on about $30 million, And um, he was, it was pretty clear that he was probably going to be a rental. And to move someone yeah. with that contract while being a rental... Uh, it was pretty tough for them. And, and they literally, yeah. I think, the Heat have kind of won pr- done pretty well here and they, they got him yeah. with, you know, 20 cents to the dollar, um, especially yeah. if he re-signs because I feel like there's been three years now of Victor Oladipo being linked to Miami. So I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if he re-signs there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah, so it's interesting. I mean, if you look at his stats, th- this season he averaged 20 points a game with Indiana um, and he's... Average 21 points a game with Houston, but they were obviously tanking. So he's putting up points. It's the field goal, which has kind of been down. I think, and I'll say it again, heat culture. I'm hoping <laughs> I'm hoping that he can come back to his old self and spoke and really kind of unlock yeah. the potential. Because it's, it's been a long time now since his quad injury. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really well, hoping he can the, actually his... step it up. Yeah. Yeah, obviously he's had he's had a rough time with injuries, but now he's no longer the number one option. He's not even the number two option. He might be there with the number three or four option on the team. Like the Heat have got a lot of weapons now. You think about Dragic, Butler, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. Uh, what did I mention? Jimmy Butler. Um, bam! You've got all these options, and if Lamarcus Aldridge joins this team, that's a lot of firepower. Like that's a lot of offense, and you've also got guys who can play defense as well. So. Um, I'm, I'm really liking what Miami has done here again. They just seem to be a class organization. They just get the guys going. They're getting, getting going at the right time. Um, you know, they were on a big win streak. They, they sort of petered out a little bit here, but I still expect them to, I think they're going to get up to that number four seed. We, we spoke about, you know, Charlotte being there right now, but it's really close between the fourth and the 10th seed. Um, I think that they're going to be the team that comes out on top of this bunch moving forward. Um, I really do. And I think that they're going to basically get the home court and um, be a, a threat in the East again. Um, and I think that they are legitimate title contenders. Do you agree? Yeah, I reckon you can lock in the Heat in the fourth seed right now. I, I don't see... The Hornets are going to drop. I, yeah. The Knicks will... I think they're going to probably finish in the six, seven, or 8. They're not going to yeah. be up for the home court. So lock them in. I think it's a great fit. And... Um, Look, Kelly, even though he's lost, I still think that what the roster they have right now, it's still a winning roster. Jimmy has affected that team very positively since he came back from his COVID thing. So, Yep. 
Um, if uh, let's just I'll throw this one at you, a bit off the cuff here, but at the at a stands right now, we're both predicting Miami to make the four seed here. Let's say they they win their matchup and proceed to the second round. And they versus Philadelphia. Who do you pick in that series, Philadelphia versus Miami? Um, let's uh, assume uh, Embiid's healthy. That's it. Yeah, the assumption everyone's healthy. Um, it'll be it'll, it'll be a good series. I can see Ben Simmons going out Jimmy on the defensive end, so that'll be yeah. good to see. Um, who, who could definitely affect Jimmy because he likes to get into the paint a fair bit, and, and Ben Simmons is a big body to affect him. Yeah. Um, being a biased Heat fan, I'd probably still back the Heat because in yeah. the clutch, I don't know. I, I guess Joel Embiid's still pretty good, but when it's come down to the wire, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd still back Jimmy with close games out of either Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. I'm, I'm salivating at that matchup. Like, if that comes to fruition, <laughs> I think that'd be such a good series to watch because they're, they're actually, like, I feel like really similar teams. You know, you've got Embiid and Ben, Ben Simmons versus Jimmy, and then you've got all these other guards coming through. Oladipo and Tobias Harris are sort of those third-string guys there. Um, so I think it's, it'd be a really good series. I think it might go the six or seven games. But I might give Miami the edge there just because I feel like they've got a bit more weapons on offense uh, and they, they've just got that slightly better coaching in my opinion so I, I would just give the edge to Miami but man I, I reckon that'd be a great series to watch so I'm hoping hoping that stays the way it's going to be yeah like hypothetically let's say they do verse and and the Heat do win how bad do you feel as a 76ers fan to oh, see man. Jimmy Butler go to the finals <laughs> last season and carry a team yeah. and now lose to him when you have the number one seed so that, that would be pretty brutal <laughs> the, yeah it would be there'd be a lot of blood uh, like bad blood in that series as well true i forgot about that element so let's uh let's make that happen nba come on rig, rig the standings let's go um let's move on we're, we're gonna head over to my my team over here the boston celtics they, they got involved probably not as much as i wanted to we're all sort of anticipating oh the trade exception what are they gonna do they're gonna make a big splash and you know they made an addition. They got better, I believe, but it's probably not what we were after. They've obviously added Evan Fournier, Mo Wagner, Luke Cornett, who, who's a no one. Um, their losses are Jeff Teague, Daniel Tice, and two second-round picks. What are your thoughts on, on what Boston have done at the, the trade deadline here? I, I always kind of thought that, because I heard that they were in the race for Evan Fournier, and I, I always yeah. kind of thought that that was their plan, you know, B or C. Yeah. So that's what they ended up. So I, I think I think all the fans might be a little bit dis- disappointed. They were in the mix for Vucevic. That there were some other names thrown out there. Um, yeah. Uh, look, at least you got someone with that trade exception that you yeah. had um, in the off season. So John John Collins was a name thrown out there as well. Yep, and and even yep. I think Aaron Gordon maybe at some point was thrown in there. Yeah, I think so. Um, but yep. you got I mean Daniel Tice was a good role player. So he, he he's gone now, and I guess you're gonna have. Wagner or, or potentially Drummond bought out could go there and play. Yeah, some, he's, some he's rumored. Hey, um, look, look, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of Andre Drummond as, as I've expressed before on the podcast. But look, I think Tice, he's he was a valuable player. But I, I think we're gonna, the world is gonna find out about Robert Williams the third, the Time Lord, because he he's a he's a great player, and I'm really excited for him. And and I've always said that he's the future center of the Boston Celtics, and I think he's gonna be. You know, he's going to cover that loss, and we're not going to feel the loss of Daniel Tice too much. And I think the addition of Evan Fournier will outweigh that loss. Um, Luke Cornett's not going to play. Mo Wagner's 
barely going to get minutes, I don't believe. And I think what this also does is it reduces those two center lineups that we were running with Tristan Thompson and Daniel Tice. I think that that was a shit lineup. I don't know why Brad Stevens was running with it for so long, but hopefully this means that we just get either one of Williams or Thompson uh, out there at one time, and then we get the other sort of uh, wing players in Fournier, Brown, Tatum, Marcus Smart, and then Kemba obviously running the shot at the point guard. So I think that from a sort of lineup point of view, it makes it a lot better. I like Evan Fournier as a player. He's he's sort of our you know fifty cent replacement for Gordon Hayward. I would say. Um, so you know we we know that the loss of Gordon Hayward at the start of the season has impacted the Celtics a fair bit. So I do think it's a, it's an important addition, and I do think that, that it pushes us. You know we've been. We've been struggling. We're sitting at the eighth seed right now, but I do think that this is a, a team that's been there before. We can push back up to a sort of a six or seventh seed, uh, probably realistically, uh, moving forward, and hopefully avoid the playing tournament and just get in the playoffs without it. So that's my hope, and, and I, I think that that is a realistic expectation. Uh, what are your thoughts on you know their standings and, and their playoff hopes? I think overall, I still think they're probably going to get a buyout candidate. I probably still think that they're going to get dropped, yeah. who I think will affect them positively. But okay, Evan Fournier, I mean, the man's put up reasonable numbers historically. He put up, you know, 17.8 points in the 17-18 season, which is you know, pretty good. This season is surprisingly his career high in points. He's putting up 19.7. So he's pretty much putting up 20 points a game. Um, you know, while shooting 46% from the field, um, and that's being 39% from three. And, and he's always shot pretty well from three. So he's, an, he's a lockdown shooter. He'll probably get better looks yep. being surrounded by some a lot better talent out in yep. the Celtics. So I wouldn't be surprised if say, let's get, that gets knocked up to upwards of 40%, um, in which case you, you, the Celtics definitely have found a winner there because they were linked to yeah. JJ Redick at some point. But Jeff, yeah. uh, Evan Fournier is definitely a, a much better a better upgrade. option, yeah. yeah. He's a better option. Yeah, there. he can hold his. He's a better long. scorer. Yeah, yeah. He's a bigger body too. Uh, probably better on defense than someone like JJ. Um, and yeah, yeah. I, 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 no, I think I like the addition. Um, I also think he's got a bit of secondary playmaking uh, ability. You know, with Orlando running out of point guards, he was playing a lot of point over there this season. Um, so you know, we've lost Jeff T, who you know was clearly over the hill and what not playing very well this year. So. It sort of takes a little of the burden off um, Peyton Pritchard this season, especially come playoff time. Um, I think you'll see Evan Fournier playing a bit of pseudo point guard at times, uh, along with sort of Marcus Smart. But I think it, yeah, I think our strength is the wings, and it always has been. Um, so to get another good scoring wing is is a positive and a tick in our direction, and improves the team slightly, I believe. And the fact that we only had to give up Jeff Teague and two second round picks for him, I think that's fine. Um, Daniel Tice was really only a salary dump, really. So, you know, we didn't have to make that move, I don't believe. But potentially it's a move to clear way for one of those buyout options to to become possible. So It's um, also got precautions in terms of... Because um, the, that's taken you out of the luxury tax, which yeah. will help you in the future years to come as well. So there, there are long-term positives from that one. Hopefully, hopefully they know what they're doing because all that stuff goes right over my head. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll see how that all pans out. But a slight boost to Boston. Let's let's run through these next ones uh, a bit quicker. I'm going to touch on. Let's touch on um, Portland next. 
Um, very simple. They've added Norman Powell and they've lost Rodney Hood and Gary Trent. What do you think about what Portland have done? Um, I think Norman Powell is a better player than both Gary Trent and Rodney Hood. Gary Trent, I think they both still have upside as well. Gary Trent and Norm Powell, probably the two headlining um, players. Gary Trent's a bit better maybe on the defensive end. Norm Powell can create a shot a little bit more and can defend some threes. So I guess Gary Trent can defend some threes as well. But they're they're comparable players. Norm Powell's probably slightly bigger. So I, I think it's a positive in the short term for them. Gary Trent might end up being a pretty good asset in the long term because he's on a pretty good damn contract as yeah. well. So it can go, you can flip a coin on this one really, but I, I think Norm Powell's the best player out of all of it. So they got him. Sure. I guess they, they've won in the short term. Uh, yeah. I love what Portland's been doing. I think they've been making some very smart moves. Even if we go back to like the off season and, and the free agency and things like that, you know, as a starting lineup of, of Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Norm Powell, Robert Covington, and then Nurkic, who's, coming back tomorrow or today when you listen to this podcast um like that's a that's a that's an excellent starting five and you've got cancer coming off the bench you've got a few other players camelo anthony coming off the bench um Mello's you know, a bucket but, off the bench by the way he's looking yeah, confident like, like he, he'll give you 15 a, a lot of these nights like he's yeah. doing pretty well he, he has the ability to come in and sort of uh, light a fire on him so i really love what portland are doing and i've been on the record that i think that damon lillard is creeping up on my mvp uh, rankings, uh, and I think that they are a genuine contender this year, assuming everyone stays healthy, to challenge the West and, and make the uh, make the NBA Finals with with a few things going on in Laker Town. There's a few injuries happening over there. LeBron's out, Davis is out. They might drop in the standings. You know, you still got Clippers, but I think that the Portland Trailblazers are right up there. Um, they've got the right pieces. They've got. Um, you know the leadership in, in Lillard so I, I really really like what, what they've done here I think Powell's going to be an excellent fit there um, and he's put he's put up 19.6 points a game so it's pretty much yeah. pretty much 20 points a night and 20 points is not an easy task so the man can no. score and, and it's, it'll be a good fit around he'll have some lockdown three point shots I'm sure it'll be a good fit I like watching him too so yeah. I'm glad to see him under Trailblazers what do you think this does for Toronto? If we talk to the other side, you know, does this, does this signify that they, you know, they didn't trade Kyle Lowry, who was heavily rumored before the trade deadline? Are they giving up on their playoff hopes when they're trading a player like Norm Powell? Like, what do you think that means for them? Are they are they going to start to tank a little bit, or what are your thoughts there? I think it is in that direction. I think they tried to move Lowry and it just didn't happen. Um, yeah, but if, if we're talking. Let's talk about the last month of the season. How many points do you reckon Norm Powell's been averaging? Oh, he, since he's been starting, he's been on the tear. I want to say about 23. He's been averaging the past month 25.4 points Jeez. a game. That, that is huge. 25 points a game, yeah. And, and, and that's on 54.8% field goal as well. He, wow. He's been killing it efficiently. Um, he has been their best scorer. I know Larry's yep. like, you know, the heart and soul. He does all the dirty work. And you got Freddie Van Fleet, who um, has missed a bit of time. But Norm Powell is being, to some degree, kind of carrying that ship um, from an offensive yeah point of view and for him that's, to, that's really surprising 25 yeah. points a game that's that's big time you know that's that's james harden level right there efficiently too like that's, yeah that's really yeah. solid point so for him to now be plugged in for kind of like a you could call him the third scorer i guess when nurk is back him and nurk could be battling for that third scorer role but yeah. offensively i think um because he can hold his ground defensively as well i think yeah. it's it's a it's a great pick for the short term for him for sure yeah yeah, uh, yeah, and, and on Toronto side, I think I think this does signify it's like a soft kind of tank kind of thing. They're not 
realistically going to make any noise in the playoffs. It doesn't look like. Um, they've obviously. I don't think this. Do you think I think this the means they're not. I don't. I think. I think they're going to drop off. Uh, I think there's there's too much competition in the East, and I just don't feel like they believe in themselves really. And I think this move shows that. Um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a pretty pretty dramatic fall off for the Raptors. Um, and I just think with with Lowry's contract up at the end of the year. I think they're going to be making some changes uh, in the offseason. So I think, yeah, this signifies a bit of a downward trend for them personally. What, what do you think? Do you think they make playoffs? I think they might make the play-in tournament, but that would be about it. I, I don't see them even yeah. getting to like maybe the eighth seed if they win the play-in tournament. So I, I'd rule them out. Um, and then I, I'll call it now, I think, just because Larry wasn't traded now, I can yeah. see a sign-and-trade in um in the off season, I think he'll try and get an asset back to Toronto, and there'll be a bit of a sign and trade deal, but with someone. Yeah, yeah I, I would agree with that. Or or he comes back on sort of, you know, he could even just retire. Like personally, he could just do that. Um, you know, he's he's been you know playing really good basketball, but you know maybe he wants to get one last contract and, and get it going. But yeah, it's bit sad to see the the Raptors fall down this low. Um, I do just want to touch on my my favorite team. Um, and real quickly, because I don't know what the fuck they're doing. The Sacramento <laughs> Kings. <laughs> the Sacramento Kings. I don't know. They, they've given up four second-round picks. What, what, are, what are you doing there, Sacramento? Why are you giving away these second-round picks? Um, you've added Dylan Wright, Terrace Davis, and this guy, I can't even pronounce his name. I've never heard of him in my life. Um, Miondu Kabengeli. I don't know. Have you heard of him, Cal? I have not, no. <laughs> Um, sure, yeah, yeah, and and you've given up four second round picks for this. What are you doing, Sacramento? Like, sure, you know they they more than likely going to turn out to be nothing. But Draymond Green was drafted in the second round. Like, like, you get good players in the second round. It's a it's a lottery ticket. Why are you giving away these picks for nothing? Um, I just. Just wanted to shout out the Sacramento Kings. Do you, do you have any idea what they're trying to do here, Cal? Hey, look, I, I feel like I'm going to have to step up and defend my boy Mufundu Kabanigeli, even though I have no <laughs> idea who he is. There, there are still a lot of shitty second round picks out there. Draymond Green was a blessing yeah. for Golden yes. State. And look, maybe I, I'm I'm bag, I'm really hoping that this guy can come out here and pl- play some good minutes now, just in spite of you, Mitch. <laughs> I'm, I'm banging for him. Let's go Kabanigeli. If he comes out and, and lights the league on fire, I'll be the first to offer an apology to Sacramento Kings. But I like my <laughs> chances right now. But, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Like Dylan Wright, sure, cool. He's he's a decent player, but like he's just not going to change the world in Sacramento. And I just it just there's, doesn't make any sense to give away lottery uh, not lottery picks, but any picks at all when you're Sacramento Kings. You need all the draft assets you can get, um, and this just seems weird to me. Uh, last one, real quick, Cal. Um, Rondo to the Clippers, Lou to the uh, Atlanta Hawks. What are your thoughts on this trade here? Um, Rondo, to, to get Rondo win, the, the Clippers had to give up two second-round picks and cash, as well as the Williams. Um, what are your thoughts there? I like it for the playoffs. If Rondo can stay healthy, I like it for the playoffs. I think this is exactly what the Clippers need. Even though Lou is a bucket off the bench, um, his playoff numbers haven't been amazing. And Rondo, yeah. I think, you know, the floor general who can... Get everyone involved. Get Kawhi the buckets he needs. Kawhi worked really well with Kyle Lowry. They won a championship. Um, Rondo obviously isn't that caliber of player, but he's he's a guy that can get people to their spots. And we know that Kawhi likes you know he likes to get in his spots. He, he's got a knockdown fader in heaps of spots in the court. So I think it's a positive. 
um, only for the playoffs. That it's probably not going to help them in the regular season. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's a, I think it's a minor positive. Um, I've always been a bit more down on Rondo, but he does step Playoff it up Rondo. in the playoffs. Like, yeah, it's it's a real thing. Like, it, at this point, it is a real thing. So, uh, you know, let's see if he can do it again and and sort of you know flick the switch. And um, you know, it's what Kawhi and Paul George have wanted. So, I think just to make them happy, that's that's a win for the Clippers. So. Um, he wasn't doing much over there in Atlanta, so I think it's fine for them to move on, get a couple of picks. Lou Williams, you know, he's another veteran you can add in there over at Atlanta, so I think that's fine. Let's move on to talk fantasy basketball. This is um, a few. We're going to talk winners and losers. Um, so let's start first off on a positive note. We'll talk about the winners. Um, Let's talk about who I think is the biggest winner in terms of fantasy basketball. And unfortunately, someone who I dropped earlier this week, uh, Wendell Carter Jr. Um, what are your thoughts on Wendell Carter Jr.'s and his value? Are, are, do you agree with me that he's the number one winner out of the sort of trade deadline? Yeah, like definitely fantasy-wise. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah, he's got to be the number one. He'll be the front and center. He'll be able to run plays. His assist numbers will definitely go up. Yeah. He, he averaged two assists a game in college. Um, he's been yeah. averaging, you know, fuck all out in the balls, but that, that's the system he's been in and they're going to run a lot yeah. of stuff through him and, and really kind of unlock his potential. I yeah. think the defensive end, though, the one main thing with Wendell is really just been health and, you know, yeah. uh, the best availability is, so the best ability is availability. So there you go. he's, um, if he can stay healthy, he could definitely be a huge win, um, fantasy wise. Yeah. Look, he's been averaging 21 minutes in the last month. Um, as the 178th ranked player, those minutes are going to skyrocket. He's going to be averaging over 30 minutes a night, I believe. I don't. I'm not worried about Mo Bamba. I don't think he's a good NBA player. I think that they're going to feed <laughs> minutes to. Uh, they're going to feed minutes to Wendell Carter Jr. And I can definitely see him averaging a double double, getting close to a block a game, getting close to sort of three assists a game. His percentages are solid. Um, he's a, an efficient low turnover kind of player. You might even get close to sort of you know, nearly a steal a game. So I think he is definitely, if he's available on your waiver wire, go and grab him right now. He is rostered in 70% of leagues, so it might be hard to go and get him. But I think, yeah, he's clearly the number one guy over there in Orlando because there's, there's no one else on this team. Like the next best player is Terrence Ross. Um, you know, that like they've got no one else to play. Um, so they're just going to be feeding him minutes, feeding him, you know, shots. So I can, I can see him having a big finish to the year. Another big player uh, who I think, again, probably already owned, but if he is available, go and add him immediately. This could change with the buyouts if you're thinking Andre Jarman's coming, but I think Robert Williams III is the second biggest winner when it comes to uh, fantasy. We've already seen him being putting up stats and creeping up in the minutes, but now that Daniel Tice is gone, they haven't signed. I mean, they signed Cornette and Mo Wagner. I don't think they're challenging for minutes. I think it's Williams and Thompson. Um who are going to get the bulk of these minutes. I think Robert Williams getting 28 minutes a night. He's a top 50 player moving forward. He's just going to get those blocks, those steals, excellent field goal percentage, rebounds, points, probably going to score over 10 points a game. So if he's available, immediately go and grab him. Um, and I'm pretty happy because I've got him in Dynasty. What are your, what are your thoughts on the time, Lord? Um, I, I think he's probably, I think, is Tristan Thompson out? He, yeah, he's been injured for a, a while. He's, uh, yeah, covid that's right, yeah, COVID. So I think when yeah. he gets back, he will be put back into the starting lineup. But what they have been doing, especially with Tristan you Thompson think? now, is re- they, they've been closing games with Robert Williams. I can see them starting with Tristan 
and closing with with Robert Williams. So I, I think his minutes will be around twenty and, and upwards, of maybe up twenty up to twenty five is probably okay. So he'd still be on his per minutes. I think he is definitely a winner fantasy wise. Yeah. But when Tristan Thompson comes out, I would expect Tristan to start. See, I don't. I don't think that. I. I think Robert Williams is going to run away with this starting job. I don't think he's going to give it back to Tristan Thompson. And I. Yeah. I think. And maybe this is me being a hopeful dynasty owner. So you know, maybe keep my bias in check here. But I really do think that he is going to make this job his own. You know, Tristan Thompson has got one skill, and it's rebounding, and that's it. You know, Robert Williams is a much better defender. He's a much better playmaker. He's more athletic. Um, and, you know, he's a better shooter. He can hit it sort of an open mid-range shot. I just think he's he's a better fit with some of those starting guys to provide a bit more rim protection when we don't really have anyone else there who can do that. Um, so, yeah, I, I lean more towards that. And I think he's the future with this team. So why not get him used to being the starting center when, you know, we're probably not going to contend for a title this year. Um, yeah, I'm really big on, on Rob Williams moving down the stretch. Yeah, I think it's one year too early. He might start next season, but I can okay. see Tristan. And as I said, I think Drummond could be on his way there. And if that happens, yeah, if that it's happened, a whole yeah. different discussion. Different story completely. Yeah, if Drummond does come, it's a, it's a different story completely. But for now, we're not sure. Um, just make sure he's rostered. Just make sure he's on the roster. Figure the rest out later. Um, and even if drama comes, just wait and see what happens. But yeah, make sure he's rested right now. Um, I've got winners here on my list here, just Orlando players. And I'm not exactly sure who it's going to be. So we're watching this, this space closely. Um, you've got, I've, I've highlighted a few names here. Terrence Ross, RJ Hamptons is, is a bit of a funny one. Um, Okiki is another weird one. I don't know what's going to happen with Otto Porter, Gary Harris when he comes back from injury, and, and Cole Anthony is another one. You know who's making his way back from injury soon-ish. Um, who I'll throw it out to you, Cal. Who do you think is going to be the biggest winner out of this group in terms of fantasy? Who's going to emerge with um, sort of good value down the stretch? Because there's there's a gaping hole in this team right now. Yeah, I think it can go to a, diff- a lot of different players. I, I think as a general note, keep your eyes on Orlando. Because there yeah. will be one or two that might emerge, but I think the roster will be similar to OKC, where it's going to be shuffling around a fair bit. Um, I, I could, there's a world I can imagine Otto Porter gets minutes, and they try and obviously just maybe try and move him in the off season and just say, "Oh, yeah. look, yeah, Otto Porter's looking re- great. He's put, look, putting up these stats." So I can see that happening. So I'd probably keep him on my wa- wa- wave of wire, and then otherwise it could be anyone. I mean, you could flip a coin yeah. over RJ or Okeke or I don't know. I mean, Cole Anthony was kind of average with the minutes. He's been given minutes and hasn't, yeah. from a fantasy point of view, hasn't really been performing. Terrence Lost-Rotz could become a number one option. Like, he might already be <laughs> taken in a lot of fantasy leagues, but is he yeah. the number one option now? Is he, he, He's he gone for 50 before. <laughs> he has Maybe scored 50 points in a game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, like, I, I still think that, you know, he, Terrence Ross, cool. He's going to give you points. He's going to give you threes. He's the 101st ranked player at the moment. So he's only rostered in 64% of leagues. Uh, which surprises me. Great free throw percent shooter. You know, gets a steal a game. Not much else. Um, so maybe he can push closer to 20 points a game. He's going to do it inefficiently. Low field goal percentage. Just keep that in mind. He's going to really fuck up your field goal percentage um, on this team because there's no one else to take any shots away from him. Um, so if he's out there, he's the only one that if he's available, I would add. 
the rest of these guys I would be watching. With the exception, and I made this move today, RJ uh, Hampton in a dynasty league if he's available. I would scoop him up and just see what happens. Um, you know, he's got a bit of bit of fantasy upside there. We haven't seen much yet. Uh, in standard redraft leagues, I would just sort of wait and see. But he is someone I'm interested in. Otto Porter, I could see a little bit of value early, you know, just to sort of, you know, give it to an established player and he's not going to win them out of a lottery pick or anything like that. So no, no worries there. Um, so he could be a winner, um, you know, and maybe if you've got a shit person on your bench and all the other players have been taken, you might be able to take a flyer on him and see if it works out. But there's, yeah, it's, it's a lot of watching and waiting at this stage to see who works out. Uh, there's basically. one player we mentioned previously um, who's not on, on the list just now, but uh, Muhammad Bamba. He's, oh, he's worth a mention, even though I've kind of completely given up my stocks in him. If he decides to come yeah. back and start blocking shots and hitting threes, he'll be valuable. Um, I just completely yeah. hate his game, how he's apparently set records in like agility and reach. So he's like an athletic specimen, but he decides to only want to hit spot up threes. Hit threes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, it, it ha- yeah, look, it. if he gets minutes, if he gets minutes, he'll be an absolute fantasy beast. Like he's got... You know, that Robert Williams kind of upside, that, you know, Chris Boucher kind of fantasy. It'll be like two, yeah. two threes, two blocks kind of thing. Yeah, he'll be like a, a Chris Boucher sort of type, but it's if he gets the minutes, you know, and I just don't see it. Like, they've traded, obviously, Wendell Carter Jr. has been the, the big package that they've brought in in terms of players. So I just think that he's going to get all the minutes. Um, you know, maybe instead of playing zero minutes, he plays, you know, 12 to 16 minutes. You know, he might get a little bit more of a backup role, but he, I, I still I don't think that's enough. Um, so unless there's an injury to Wendell Carter, I, I don't see him being very relevant. Let's touch on a couple of Houston Rockets. So obviously, Oladipo's moved. I think Jay Sean Tate and Kevin Porter Jr. are big winners here. Kevin Porter Jr.'s fantasy value is probably more closely linked to John Wall. However, I do think that, you know, it does benefit him. Um, regardless, there's less talent there. John Wall's going to continue to rest and potentially even get shut down the end of the season here. So I think that you're going to have some winners in Jay Sean Tate and, and Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, you know, Tate, he's not a huge usage kind of guy. So, he's, you know, I wouldn't be expecting a lot of points, but you're going to get some trickle of rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. Um, but but nothing too exciting there. He's good field goal percentage. Um, and you might even want to throw in KJ uh, in there as well. Um, but basically, it just sort of reaffirms the fact that they're going to be tanking and these young guys are going to get all the minutes there. Um, what, what's the upside of those sort of plays there, do you think, Cal? Yeah, I'll just reinforce. If Kevin Porter Jr. is in your way, way for why, pick him up. He'll be running a oh, lot of 100%. point guard when John Wall misses games. Um, he has been. Yep. He's been getting assists and points. Um, he, he's the biggest winner. Jay Sean Tate's been getting minutes, so he's worth a bit of a flyer, sure. If he gets to yeah. maintain the minutes, he's putting up reasonable stats. He's a lot of steals. He gets the odd points and he can hit threes. So fantasy-wise, he's not hurting you a whole lot in a lot of aspects because he can hit three throws as well. So, um, yeah, Kevin Porter Jr. is the biggest winner. Um, Oladipo with him gone, like it's pretty clear where this team is headed. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I think, um, think, you know, if... uh, I didn't mention this later because he's just been shit all season, but John Wall obviously is going to be impacted here. I think he's a prime shutdown candidate, so... Uh, just with the direction this team is going, those two players are pretty clear winners. And if they're available, I would I would go and add them. Um, definitely either of them as well as KJ uh, as well. So um, they would be ads in my opinion. 
Let's move over to some other players. Gary Trent Jr., another junior. So we've had Otto Porter Jr., Kevin Porter Jr., and now Gary Trent Jr., all winners. So the juniors are just winners here. Um, what are your thoughts on Gary Trent Jr. as a, a winner here, mate? He's definitely a winner. Uh, I'm pretty pissed off because I literally just dropped him. Um, I'm regretting it. <laughs> I don't know who picked him up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. and, and the downside is I literally I picked up Norm Power. This is probably a month ago now because someone dropped him. Yeah. Great ad for me because he's been tearing it up. But his stock is down. Gary's is up. And um, so that's yeah. a, definitely affected my team, which is yeah. annoying. Look, I wouldn't get too down, Cal. I, I think he's, you know, he's had some opportunity already with uh, CJ McCallum out, and we've seen what he's done. He's, you know, he's a rosterable player, but it's nothing exciting. He's going to give you points and threes, and and that's basically as far as it goes. Uh, if you need a threes guy, then sure, go and grab him. He's going to get you a fair few. But outside of that, he doesn't provide much. You know, very minimal assists, rebounds, steals, blocks. You know, field goal percentage is pretty shit. Um, so. Not someone who I'm super excited about. But yeah, if you need points and threes, he's your guy. You can go and add him. But not a must roster in every situation, uh, I wouldn't think. Uh, and last little one I want to just quickly touch on, Victor Oladipo, I think is a winner just because he's probably not going to get shut down anymore and he will actually play games. Uh, maybe his stats get hit and he won't produce as well. But if I'm an Oladipo owner, I'm just happy that he's going to play and the, he's not on the Houston Rockets anymore and he's, you know, going to be playing meaningful minutes down the stretch do you see his value taking a huge hit at Miami um fantasy wise like his his field goal is going to go up a fair bit and, and that was hurting yeah. his stock a lot so yeah. and and as you said um I think they will rely on him a, a bit more now because the Rockets are just you know resting and they're putting him on display for a trade so it, it's locked in he knows where he's going to be we've spoken about it before he's a perfect fit for the heat culture that's out there. So, <laughs> how many heat cultures is that? Is that four? Like, uh, how many uh, times we mentioned five? Surely, yeah. <laughs> um, so, I think it's a good fit. Uh, he's obviously yeah. his points will go down, um, but his uh, his field goal will go up. So, it might be, yeah. you know, a bit of an average. Yeah, I think I think statistically, like he'll balance himself out. But just yeah, the availability, like you said, availability is the best ability. Uh, so, you got to be happy with that. Let's move on to some losers some fantasy losers now not all of these guys are drops obviously and this first name that we're going to speak about is clearly not a drop but i do think that he is a loser in terms of his value and it's it's your boy uh nikola vucevic i think he i think his fantasy is going to take a bit of a hit here now in chicago uh what are your thoughts on vucevic it definitely will Um, i was a little bit saddened to see it happen but to some degree that there was some kind of, I guess, lockdown potential, like lockout, yeah. if, if um, like shutdown is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. With yeah. that team going full tank mode. So at least I know yeah. he's on a competitive team that are going for it. His points are definitely going to go down. Um, right now he's putting up 24 and a half points a game, which is pretty fucking good. The yeah, next highest killer. he had was 20.8. So it's a pretty, 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 you know, the, it's quite clearly the best season he's had. And from a fantasy point of view, the field goal is also there. He's been hitting threes, which he'll, he'll still do. Um, I can see the rebounds being maintained as well, but the assists will definitely go down yeah. as well. So yeah. points and assists will be hit across the board. His efficiency might go up a little bit, but he's he's been pretty efficient regardless. Um, yeah. I guess you might see it go back up to 50%. So a plus there, but two pretty big negatives on the points and assists. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. He's definitely, I think he's going to lose, um, you know, 
potentially a little bit in threes, points, assists. Uh, he might even lose a bit of rebounding. There was really no one else in Orlando to, to gobble up any rebounds. Uh, and you've got some decent rebounds over the Chicago and Larry Markkinen. Uh, even Thomas Sadoransky as a point guard is going to take a few rebounds off you. Not a huge hit, but maybe sort of one or two there. But just the fact that when you're the 11th ranked player on the season, those little hits here and there are enough to sort of send your value down a fair bit. It's very competitive at the top here. So he's still going to be an excellent player. And he's still I still think he's going to return value on where you drafted him. Uh, but just he's not going to be this slam dunk you know, league-winning pick that you had for the majority of the season. Um, you know, you, you probably drafted him in the third round or so, um, and he's returned first-round value. He's probably more of that second to third rounder now, which is where you drafted him. So um, I would just sort of, you know, be content with that. You know, be ready to lose a few points and assists there from, from him um, and, and see how it all goes. It might also take a bit of time for him to get used to it. So these next few weeks might be a bit bumpy, but once they sort of get into the the rhythm of things, yeah, he, he'll sort of still be a, a decent player for you. Uh, will still be a very good player, I should say, for you. Um, so I don't think he's going to be awful by any stretch. Uh, a couple of clear number two option, yeah. right? Like, uh, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, so, I, I think he's above Larry Markman, like I said. Um, but there's just there's just more talent on this roster. Basically, there's more shots to go around, and just when that's the case, he yeah he goes from being a clear number one option to you know, being a, a second option with also talent behind him as well. So, um, yeah. What, what do you think he's going to average points-wise? He's probably going to go down to his 20 points a game. So right now he's yeah, at okay. pretty much 25, but he, yeah, he'll, he'll get, take a hit five points off. But his field goal will be boosted up to uh, above 50%. Yeah. I, I could honestly see him averaging under 20, you know, maybe that like you know, 18 a night. Um just because, yeah, there are a lot of mouths to feed in, in Chicago. And they put up points, you know. Like, yeah. Kobe White is not the best player in the world, but he, he'll take shots. Zach Levine loves to shoot it. Larry Markman's still there. You've got the young Patrick Williams, uh, Thad Youngs, you know, been playing heavy minutes. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a few mouths to feed there. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if it dips under 20 points again. All right, let's move on to a couple of other ex-Orlando players. Um, Aaron Gordon, Evan Fournier. I'm just going to go out and say that Aaron Gordon is a drop. Um, he wasn't doing much beforehand anyway. He's a terrible fantasy player. Um, even when he's got a lot of minutes and opportunity, he's moving to a, a, a good Nuggets team. And I just, I'm not a big Aaron Gordon fan, especially with fantasy. And I just don't think that he's going to get the stats he needs to be valuable in fantasy. So I think if there's someone at, that we mentioned in the winners available, I think you can drop Aaron Gordon to do so. Evan Fournier, I would just wait and see a little bit. Um, but he may trend towards a drop as well, just being limited in terms of other stats like steals, blocks, rebounds, and things like that. He was getting a lot of assists because they had no point guards in Orlando. He won't get that in Boston. Uh, what are your thoughts on these two ex-Magic players? Um, I think Aaron Gordon, I'd say he's a hesitant drop. I wouldn't drop him straight away. I'd be intrigued to see how they plant because yeah. Paul Millsap is still there and they still got Will Barton, so... If he's playing a bit of the three and the four, if he plays a lot of minutes at the four, then his defensive stats will go up. So if you can yeah. get the, I mean, back in the 2017-18 season, he pretty much put up a steal and a block a game. If you can do that again, that, that, that's okay. His field goal will be pretty uh, good. I don't know. So I'd say hesitant drop. Give him give him a couple of weeks. Um, All right. Fournier, his points will definitely, definitely go down. 
his assists would definitely go down. He, I think right yeah. now would probably only just give you points on a, you know, every second a night. So it's not going to be super reliable either. Um, so that will definitely be a hit for him fantasy wise. Cause he hasn't really given you anything yeah. else. He's pretty much a points and threes guy. Yeah. And cause his usage will go down yeah. so much. And um, also his assists because they didn't have a point guard out there in Orlando with injuries. Um, yeah. So that's going to be a bit of a hit as well. Yeah, I can definitely see him dipping down, you know, below sort of 15 points a game. Um, his three is going to be close, probably closer to two a game. Assists are probably going to dip below three. Uh, and yeah, you know, he doesn't give any blocks, doesn't give any many rebounds at all. You know, there's just not a lot else there to sort of keep his value high. So sure, keep him around if you need the points in threes. But if you want to make a move, like I could see, I would rather Gary Trent Jr. than Evan Fournier at this point, I think, moving forward. So I would I would make that swap if you're after those stats because I think Gary Trent's going to give you more than Fournier will uh, moving forward. Would you agree with that take? I'd agree with that. I think he's more reliable yeah. at this point. Uh, let's get into some bit more straightforward ones. Daniel Tice, drop him. He's not going to be a starting center anymore. He's not someone who uh, you know, provides too much in fantasy anyway. He's going to be befi- behind Vucevic in Chicago. So I think he's a clear drop there. Anything to add there, Cal? Uh, I think he's a clear drop. He'll, probably, he, yeah. he'll average like 15 to 20 minutes a game now. So get yeah. rid of him. Yeah. Dillon Wright, who was an earlier trade in, in the week. Uh, I think he's a bit of a clear drop now as well. Um, was only really getting minutes there because of the lack of point guard situation in Detroit and on a, on a shit team who's getting some usage. Now he's behind Darren Fox. Halliburton's there as well. He's going to be you know, getting a lot of assists and stuff like that. You know, At best, he's a steals streamer. But at, at Sacramento, I just I don't think he's going to get the opportunity with, you know, the only place that they actually have talent in Sacramento is at the guard. So I just don't think that there's opportunity there for him. Do you, do you agree with that? Yeah, I totally agree. He'll slot into Corey Joseph's role, which is who he's replacing. And yeah. um, Corey Joseph was not an asset fantasy-wise because Halliburton is the man. I love Halliburton. So, and yeah, Darren Fox is an absolute beast as well. So there's no real point for Dylan Wright to have a lot of minutes. Yeah. Let's, let's talk a couple of Heat players. I want to get your take on Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. Obviously, with the addition of Oladipo, what are your thoughts on their value moving forward? You're obviously a Hero owner as well. I am. I think it's going to affect Hero the worst, sadly. Because um, I think Duncan's still going to get his minutes and he's still just going to you know, shoot nine threes a game and hit four of them. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His role is kind of cemented with the team because he, he, he creates so much space for the other players. So... He, Fantasy-wise, yeah. I don't see a huge hit there. Tyler Hero, though, they've been giving him the, a lot of they've been giving him the rock a lot this season to run a bit of point guard, um, especially in the backup units. He's, you know, they're trying to let him create his own shot. But I think Oladipo is going to slot a lot better in that role from Miami's point of view. But from a fantasy point of view, yeah. Hero's usage will drop um, pretty, pretty, pretty badly with this trade. Yeah, of Oladipo. Um, I I think Hero is a drop. Uh, I think. He's he's probably not an immediate drop, but he's on that he's on that Evan Fournier sort of scale where he was already look he's the 149th ranked player of the season, and that's on the back of no steals, no blocks, uh, and just really poor field goal percentage, 41% field goal percentage. So, and you know his biggest value has been his points and threes, surprisingly rebounds randomly, um, but I think that those are all going to drop. I think his minutes might drop as well um, with Oladipo just creating a bit more of a crowded backcourt there um you know and they've also had injuries throughout the season as well so i i think i think if there's something on the wire that you can 
quickly grab, I, I wouldn't hesitate to sort of drop Tyler Hero to do so. I don't think he's someone you have to keep on your roster. Do you, are you thinking there? What are, you, what are your thoughts on dropping Tyler Hero? I'll hit you with a random question. Who, um, who do you think is averaging better three-point field goal? Tyler Hero or Russell Westbrook? Oh, it, I, <laughs> I hope it's Tyler Hero. If you tell me Russell Westbrook is averaging a better three-point percentage, I'll be very surprised. It, it's Tyler Hero, but it's comparable. And, and that's, <laughs> oh, that's, that's how bad yeah. he's been shooting. He's, he's shooting wow. 32.3%. And, and Russ is shooting it at a 30%. So it's only 2% difference. <laughs> that's, um, that's actually crazy. I did not think that it was that close. Yeah, it's pretty bad. He, um, they've been giving yeah. him the ball. He's been trying to create his own shot. This hasn't been working this season. It's starting to yeah. look like that big 30-point, um, you know, was it game five against the Celtics? Was it yeah. a bit yeah. anomaly? 36 or something, um, yeah. Sadly, so. Yeah. I, he's still I, young. I'm not. So he I is still young. No, you can't write him off. But for this season, Fantasy, I think that they're moving away. Get rid of him. He's, yeah. He'll be off yeah. my team in the next week. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I, th- I think that's a, that's a fair enough. I wouldn't hesitate. I wouldn't be too stressed that, oh my God, I'm going to miss out on Tyler Hero. Yeah, I don't think that the Heat really want him to be one of their main shooters. They want the ball in Jimmy Butler's hands. They want it in Oladipo's hands, Bam's hands. And then you've got players like Kendrick Nunn, Dragic, Duncan Robinson, you know, if Lamarcus Aldridge comes to this team, there's just another shooter, and that's that's Hero's game. It's points and threes and, and, and field goal attempts, so that's all going to hurt his value. Um, let's touch on a couple of Chicago Bulls here. Um, Larry Markkinen and Thaddeus Young. I'm, I'm labeling them as losers with the addition of Nikola Jokic. Oh, sorry, uh, Nikola Vucevic, I should say. <laughs> um, if only they could land Jokic. But I think that they are losers now. Thaddeus Young has been starting for Wendell Carter um, the most so the last few weeks. I think, obviously, he moves back to the bench. He is someone that I own. So I'm a bit... Uh, I am watching him. He is someone that has just been very efficient this year and able to produce in limited minutes with steals, uh, assists, and rebounds with the trickle of blocks in there as well. So... The good thing about Young is that his value is not there in points and usage, uh, but just the hit to minutes that I'm expecting is probably the biggest thing for him. And Larry Markkinen, it is the opposite. It is the usage and shot attempts, which I think is going to hit him. We've already labeled him as a, as a sell-high candidate in the, in the past, so I think you could see his value decline fairly, fairly substantially moving forward um, just because his value is so tied up in points and threes. Um, what are your thoughts on those balls there? Yeah, they, they can only go with, I think, just one of Fatty or um, Lowry for the closing yeah. lineup. And I think you can really yeah. play him because Vucevic has to be in the closing lineup now. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so just for that reason, one of them is going to be affected. They probably both will. Um, Thad Young's been like a six-man candidate because he's been doing it all. 12, six, four assists, which is a lot of assists yeah. for a guy off the bench. 1.4 steals and 0.6 blocks. Like he's, he's a net positive kind of everywhere except for your three yeah. pointers where he's just not really attempting any of them. But yeah. field goal is great too. Um, I for some reason I, I can still kind of see them backing Thad over Lowry in in the closing minutes. So maybe I can Thad see that be, too. Yeah, yeah. Just just from a defensive point of view because th- that is yeah. so useful on that end, especially with Vucevic, who's not really a rim pr- protector at all. Yeah, I can see that happening, which I think Lowry will be affected more so um, yes. would be my prediction. I agree. I agree. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out because uh, marketing has been trending down since we had that sell high podcast. So hopefully you did manage to do that. But 
I'd be very interested to see where this goes. I think that they can still run a three-man rotation, although they, they did bring in um, Tice, who, you know, should deserves to play some minutes. Um, so they, they do have four players there, you know, that, that deserve minutes. So Thaddeus Youngs was getting minutes at both positions. Um, so, uh, yeah, I just think there's those minutes that's going to drop his value. And obviously, Mark, and I think with the usage, is going to drop. So... Uh, I would think that they're both losers there, but both not obviously not dropping either of them, uh, but just wait to see how it all pans out. Um, if you can manage a sell high, I would definitely do so. Probably difficult to do now, but yeah, I would just I would just watch them for now and and try to make some uh, additions in accordance to that. Uh, last one we'll touch on. We spoke a bit a little bit earlier in the podcast, but we'll talk about um, we'll talk about Norman Powell here. Another one of your players. You've been hit hard on this trade deadline here, Cal. Uh, <laughs> moving over to Portland, obviously I think, you know, he's been, like you mentioned before, 25 points a game the last month. Um, he's not going to be doing that over in Portland, and that's a big, big part of his value. So um, what, do you, what do you expect from Norm Powell moving forward? Yeah, it, it's rough. He's 28th ranked player in the past month um, just yeah. because of that elite field goal being at about 55%, 25 points close to four threes a game as well. So yeah, um, the efficiency, you'd like to say that that's going to be maintained, but the points are definitely going to drop, um, which is going to be a big hit because that's one of the main positives. That's why it's been boosted to the 28th yeah. rank. So yeah, it's a and the, Yeah, hit. and the problem, the problem with that as well, yes, the field goal percentage will still be there, but because there's going to be less attempts, the, the value of that field goal percentage will be reduced as well. So it's a double-edged sword there. Uh, and that can severely hurt someone's ranking. Uh, I still think, you know, he's not in that drop range like we talked about Tyler Hero and things like that. You, you keep hold of him, and he's still going to be a serviceable player. He's going to give you the points and threes, and I would still have him over someone like, you know, I mean, him and you know, Gary Trent, you've got the added benefit of the field goal percentage with, with Norman Powell. So I think, you know, you were talking before about that that swap you made. I still think it's going to serve your your favor there, Cal, and I would rather Norm Powell over Gary Trent still. But, um, yeah, I do, I do think just because his, you know, he three rebounds, less than two assists, no blocks at all. Um, there's just not much else to his value. He's got good free throw percentage, low turnovers, so he's not hurting you in, in any of those categories. But, yeah, just the points and threes are going to drop as a result. Um, that'll do it there. Um, we, we've spoken a lot about some, some fantasy winners and losers. Um, we spoke, if, if you're following us on Twitter at Ball Boys NBA, I was sending out tweets at five o'clock in the morning this morning, um, like a madman, um, trying to keep up with all the details. So anyone who was following us on Twitter got the, got that advice first before the video hits, um, the next day. So make sure you're following us on, on Twitter. That's Ball Boys, sorry, at Ball Boys NBA, um, to get that advice first thing first up first in first dressed um, and hit subscribe on the youtube channel chuck a like on the video and let your mates know about it uh, thanks for joining me cal and we'll see you guys next time let's go hashtag Bye. heat culture heat culture